Well, thankfully, with uh, <laughs> a lot of um, decision making, we we managed to avoid the worst of it. So it was actually forecast eighty five mile an hour winds uh, yeah. in the lakes uh, during that storm, uh, and I knew and everyone else knew that it just wasn't safe enough to to go out in those conditions. So there was also a bit of weather before that. Um, so shortly, uh, shortly before Tom came off, there was quite a like strong winds and uh and heavy snow that was was coming through and i decided to wait that sort of bit of weather out for what was about six and a half seven hours um was that yeah basically because it was a, sort of like 50 60 mile hour winds and like heavy <laughs> snow and I, I just knew that it would just make things so much harder trying to go through that so we waited until it was like I think it was like early four, like mid forties, uh, like low forties, where whereby then we went out and the snow had actually stopped. And... That, my friend, was James Gibson, and this is the Inspirational Runners podcast. Hey everyone, how you all doing? My name's Robbie Marsh, and I'm your host. So welcome to the podcast. Firstly, I'm going to have to apologise to James as we recorded this episode two days after he completed an FKT on the Winter Wainwrights back in December and yesterday I heard that James is back out doing it again so I thought I'd better get this episode out. For those that don't know, James Gibson completed the first Winter Wainwrights round, a traverse of all 214 Wainwright peaks that takes in 325 miles and 36,000 meters that is of ascent there have been several rounds in the summer recently but this is the first time that has been completed in the winter conditions not to mention Stormborough. before we start i'd just like to give a shout out to xl sports and the seven sisters skyline which is fast becoming ireland's greatest mountain race the main event is the 55 kilometer scramble across the Derry Bay Mountains in Donegal, which has just over 4,000 meters of elevation. The race is being held on the 21st of May and XL Sports has put up a 5,000 euro prize funds, which included a 1,000 euro purse for first male and female runners. There is also a smaller 30K event, which is now part of the World Cup calendar which takes in all seven of the seven sisters from Mucks to Ericle and also has a prize fund. And all inspirational owner followers can gain a 10% discount with the code INSPIRE10. I've been lucky enough to survive both the long and short distance events and look forward to throwing my hat back into the ring of May, so hopefully see you there. Without further delay, I give you James Gibson and a Winter Wainwright round. So you, you mentioned there you identified um, the Pennine Way as a bit of prep, really pre-prep for the w- Winter Wainwrights. Firstly, I suppose, what made you think about doing the Winter Wainwrights? So Paul, Paul Tony is big, uh, <laughs> big blame for this. <laughs> so I, I helped him out a little bit um, when he did his attempt back in 2019. Um, and yeah, he, he just inspired, like, I hadn't really heard about Steve Birkinshaw's you know when he did it because for me running still very quite new like i've only been doing it for probably five years or so um it's because you're 29 but, james yeah yeah no. <laughs> but, sorry, uh, sorry yeah, steve I mean, that made it made it sound that <laughs> yeah but um but yeah i mean uh when he did that it was i don't know you know when you have something that sort of clicks in your brain and you're like oh i wonder if that's possible and then yeah i mean i, I thought about winter and i knew that no one had done it um, and there was a few people that had tried it um, 
But there's a reason why nobody had done it though, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, probably. Long nights, <laughs> especially. So a winter is defined as anything after the first of December, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When we get all the shit weather, like <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. we get yeah. a lot of high winds. We get a lot. It's very damp. Um, one good thing is though, the air is cool. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mostly. Um, although outside at the minute, I think it's like eleven degrees, so yeah. <laughs> it can Apart change today, so much. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, in the summertime and the heat, it can be like hard to get a breath sometimes. You know, it can really wipe you out that way. Um, but in the summertime, obviously, the ground is really good to move on. You can see where you're going, and you lo- you can lose yeah. all of that in the winter time. You know. Yeah. I mean, and you did. Got... You lost all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in winter you've got obviously 15 hours of darkness. Uh, that's a huge, huge sort of impact. And then, and then, yeah, I, I'm quite glad I had the weather that I had. I, I really wanted to go out and. And actually experience the the winter conditions i'd rather it be like that than sort of mild and wet um so yeah i'm very grateful that i actually got full-on winter conditions so um, put, I, I had it all as well <laughs> no you definitely did like um because you had well we'll get into that in a minute so paul was yeah. to blame to opening that door and exposing you to the world of pain <laughs> for yeah. a better word <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> and then 2020 then you looked at the pen line way you had planned on doing it last year didn't you yeah, so it was all in preparation. Um, I had like support team planned and, and everything else. And I, I always knew like deep in my mind that it probably wasn't going to happen. Uh, but I, I wanted it there ready just in case. Um, and then obviously with the COVID Lockdowns restrictions and all that. And stuff, yeah. yeah. But I, um, yeah, I know, yeah. But it didn't all go to waste, all the training and stuff, because I did uh, the Steve Power Round, a winter Steve Power Round. Yeah, and I ne- never actually heard of that. So what does that entail? So basically what that is, is all the hills above 2,500 feet in the lakes uh, nice. in one push. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I did that instead. Uh, How far was that? I did it uh, to, yeah, 125 miles. So not as big, but um, I did it all within the restrictions. So you, at that point, you could have one person exercising with you. Um, and then my, yeah. And then my house the first was, uh, COVID restricted uh, <laughs> yeah. round. And then my house was thankfully uh, nearly halfway around, so uh, I stayed overnight at my house for a number of hours before sitting out the next day. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. um, but it must be actually that I'm sure that stood by you as well, getting out that time of year. You know, yeah, doing yeah. that actually before actually knocking out the wane rates. Mm, yeah, so I did that late February. Um, okay. Yeah, so this year actually, really enough. <laughs> Um, so that brought us to you talked about um, the preparation like mm-hmm. I can only imagine like what it takes to get support crews timings logistics yeah it's a real minefield like so j- just tell me a little bit about the Wainwrights flows that don't know then you know the distance how many fells elevation yeah which is mad yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically what it is it's um, it's 214 hills in the Lake District um, sort of compiled by uh, Alfred Wainwright and, and yeah um, they're all very different so it's sort of the reason he chose them was for more the, the view the aesthetics of it um, so there's some hills in the lakes that are also quite high but they're not they're not classed as Wainwrights because it's not something that he uh, he perceived as being aesthetically pleasing I guess but, um, but he didn't docu- yeah, I mean, he just didn't document it isn't it yeah he didn't document it yeah that's it yeah um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the route itself um, is 325 miles, so quite a long way. <laughs> uh, 
uh, and then uh, elevation gain is 36,000 meters of ascent so again that's for Everest pretty much I think it worked out about 110,000 feet yeah, um, I think it's about 570 kilometers um, yeah so. that is just crazy like isn't it yeah when you think about and it I added a bit more distance on and height gain from going uh, down into Mungrysdale and bits and pieces so, so t- talk to me about the preparation going into that was there anything you did there for leg preparation or leading yeah. up to that yeah yeah so uh, Paul Turney is a good friend of mine uh, and obviously he is a, a coach a running coach um, so I knew that in order to get to the fitness that I'm at now I needed to put a lot of work into it um, so like I mentioned earlier, I'm really fortunate that I work in the hills. So I'm always up and down hills, like taking people out and you know, climbing and walking, whatever. But um, I needed a bit more structure in terms of like getting to where I'm at. So I approached Paul and I, I said what I wanted to do. And since then, he's, he's always been behind me um, and he designed me a program, um, which has clearly worked very, very well. And yeah, he, he knew where my weaknesses was and where I needed to improve. And, and yeah, basically we, we worked on that. Um, so he said my endurance base was, was always there from all the stuff that I'd done over the like last five years. Um, and then, uh, then yeah, we just, we worked on like speed and, you know, bits and pieces where I'm not as strong. And, and then as it got closer to did like back to back sort of like Wainwright legs, whereby my sort of legs and stuff could get used to sort of the the long heavy distance um, what was he doing yeah. on the, what was he doing on the speed work then because it's a fine balance isn't it like really yeah it was just um sort of obviously we started off nice and sort of short hill reps and stuff and then gradually as the months sort of went on uh there'd be longer sort of like hill reps um and then yeah just you know just keep pushing and uh and yeah the, the duration basically just the real longer. pain the real pain sessions yeah yeah we yeah, we, exactly. we we actually have a hill and dale series here in the mons um but unfortunately okay. covid knocked that out so it's like every Did thursday it? night you know four or five miles right and like i just can't do that on my own <laughs> like you know yeah you know yeah, it certainly it, takes some effort you just blow a gasket like and to try and get yourself to do it, it really benefits then it's surprising how much it even benefits the long distance and getting that extra strength in the legs like yeah yeah definitely yeah that's, that's something i've noticed is uh just getting your body used to you know stretching that boundary and you know trying to get your legs stronger by you know working yeah. hard uphill and <laughs> but the back-to-back yeah. are key aren't they that's where it really that's where you really get the gains when you're doing a long distance thing yeah. like this yeah totally yeah so i was doing like especially the last couple of months i was doing like big back-to-back days sort of like you know 10 12 hours on the hill back to back and were you doing yeah, anything? Um, were you doing anything off the hill, like single leg squats or anything? Um, like that? Yeah, so um, a friend of mine, Matt Lavoy, he owns uh, Lake Clermont and Guides uh, Personal Training, and he he gave me like some exercises that I needed to do. Um, he you know like leg squats and calf raises and you know all the boring stuff, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it certainly helped. Single leg squats and you know heel raises, like the two two key things if, if anything you do those you know you're going to strengthen yeah. your quads and your calves like were you yeah, disciplined yeah. in doing that every day you can say it now uh no no <laughs> <laughs> uh, no matt, matt can certainly vouch for me on that side of things but yeah i mean uh i would certainly try and squeeze it in as much as i could um whether that be like you know an hour or two a week uh it was better than nothing so yeah it, that side of things i'm not that motivated on because yeah. you know yeah <laughs> 
you can't really like it's not it's not that enjoyable in my eyes but uh, not it's, ha- it's hard to see the progression <laughs> from it as well isn't it like you know yeah um, it's just something that needs to be done like but i know the likes of damon hall etc you know he said that was a real game changer for him even though you know sitting in a yeah. gym and doing single leg squats or whatever like um yeah. but it isn't it isn't easy but when you're doing something like this you are lucky though you know not everybody would get away with that if you're already walking because like, i'm really really surprised on how hiking has strengthened my legs so much it's, yeah. it's surprising me on how how strong your legs can get from just walking in the hills yeah yeah exactly i mean that that has a massive impact as well like i'm thankful that with my job i'm always continuously training Mm. um because i'm up and down like hills all the time uh that must have a massive impact uh, and not only that i've been doing that for the last x amount of years so um it's a great base. That accounts for something yeah yeah um so the logistics the wainwrights um mm-hmm. most rounds have certain amount of stages etc is that how the wainwrights is broken down yeah so uh it's 24 legs so uh <laughs> yeah it's quite a few um, and basically, yeah, the, where the van support come in um, is, is on those road crossings uh, or areas where you can get access to. Um, so I, I had, uh, I've had basically the most amazing team that I could ever wish for. Um, it literally felt like I had the best, like the, the best team in the world with me all the time. I think you um, did actually, to be yeah, fair. <laughs> that's how it feels. Um, so yeah, the main van support driver I had was uh, Matt Hanley. And um, I literally couldn't have done it without him. He was he was always right. there at ridiculous hours in the morning, um, and yeah, I mean he was cooking my breakfast. He he had the bed ready, and you know that that takes something to do that. Um, and again, on the second van support, um, uh, there's a good friend of mine called James Ushwood and his girlfriend Caroline, and they were there again like all the time. I'm glad you um, said that, just, by the way. I'm glad you didn't say yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> but joke. yeah, I mean, that was a joke. Um, but your support is everything isn't it when you're doing something like this oh, completely yeah uh, you just you can't do it without them um, it means so much to have people around you all the time huge commitment from them as well isn't it like because it's massive yeah because bo- both of those it's a full week you're those, talking about both of those friends don't live around here either and they've got right. full time jobs so um, a friend Matt's from Blackburn and he, he works in NHS and yeah I mean he had to take 10 days off work and my, my mate James from Sky, so he actually travelled all the way down from Isle of Sky and and came to, wow. you know, just to help me out for for that. Um, that time. brings that yeah. brings an element of pressure, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like two, <laughs> uh, two days have in, another attempt. That's for sure. <laughs> two days, two days in, like you're ah, uh, nah, don't think I'm gonna make this. Like, um, uh, so what day was it you started? Was it the first of December? Or was it third? First December, yeah. First of yeah, December. Wednesday the first. Um, Tom. Holland started an hour before you. Yeah. That must have helped. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know Tom. And uh, I had a sort of conversation with him beforehand. Um, real nice guy, like um, from Yorkshire. But yeah, he, I mean. He had done it before. Had he done it before? I think he had. had yeah, so he, he actually done a successful Wainwright round in, I think it was May, I believe. Okay. Um, so yeah, he he had the experience of what it was like and you know what it entails and stuff. But um, yeah, um, it's yeah, nice so having he, him go he, out he, front though. Somebody to chase. Yeah, around. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He started an hour before me. Um, 
but his route was slightly different so he changed his route a little bit um, basically to stay higher uh, on some of the sort of like ridges where you, you can avoid coming back down okay. um, so basically adapted it to winter um, so yeah he, he changed that a little bit and sounds like you could yeah. be a bit exposed up there as well like you know being up a bit higher um, mm, based on yeah. the conditions that you apparently got like so we did yeah, have yeah. I have to say it was one of the it was the first um, time we've been hit by a storm here in Northern Ireland it actually was a really good storm and it was Storm Barra right. that came through yeah 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 um, and like, you had to endure that well thankfully with uh, <laughs> a lot of um, decision making we, we managed to avoid the worst of it so it was actually forecast 85 mile an hour winds uh, yeah. in the lakes uh, during that storm uh, and I knew and everyone else knew that it just wasn't safe enough to, to go out in those conditions so there was also a bit of weather before that um, so shortly uh, shortly before Tom came off there was quite a like strong winds and uh, and heavy snow that was, was coming through and I decided to wait that sort of bit of weather out for what was about six and a half, seven hours um, Does that yeah basically because it was, it was sort of like 50 60 mile hour winds and like heavy <laughs> snow and I, I just knew that it would just make things so much harder trying to go through that so we waited until it was like i think it was like early four like mid 40s uh like low 40s where whereby then we went out and the snow had actually stopped and that yeah that, that decision was yeah was quite quite good actually um it's quite pivotal because there's a big risk for six seven ten hours wasn't it like that's all you got yeah you yeah. You, you, were, you would have rolled the dice then whether you were going to finish or not and more than likely you wouldn't have finished yeah yeah i mean i just knew that it would be really hard going and um i'd imagine it was to be honest but yeah, yeah so that was that and then then obviously storm barra that when that came through i just knew that <laughs> it wouldn't have been possible going through that so we waited out for i think it was about 19 hours or maybe a little less um how it does, have been stupid how does that make you feel <laughs> losing that time get down to a storm you okay it's, with that you can't control yeah you can't control the weather it's uh it's there it's always there and in winter you've, you've obviously got that higher risk of enduring more of that um yeah. so I'm quite lucky that it was only a, a like a whatever it was 18 19 hour window rather than you know like a couple of days um because once saw arwen came through uh, the week before I mean, I would have had to stay out for maybe two days because the winds were so strong for a longer period of time. So, and that, that's the problem. Honest, quite, that's quite the, lucky. <laughs> that's the problem when you organise something like this, isn't it? Like if you've got twenty-four legs and you've people coming to crew and help and people taking off work, um, yeah. the amount of preparation leading up to that, you've a couple of weeks, I'm sure, of frantically tying everything up. Like twenty-four legs. Like, did yeah. you have a like a map out of each leg of what was going to yeah, happen? Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. Like we. I, I tried to sort of like plan as effectively as possible so basically the the round started off nice and clear for probably the first two or three days and everything went a lot smoother than anticipated so it was actually like 12 hours up um by the time I got to like like seven or eight that's quite a lot like and it? then yeah yeah <laughs> so that that was quite hard in terms of like support and you know trying to bring stuff forward like 12 hours mm. that's a big big ask for some people because people have got work and yeah. stuff but but yeah like the, the road support managed to sort all that out and it all went flawlessly and then 
then obviously when the weather started to hit, so it was around the Langdales area where this first sort of snow properly started to hit, that slowed down progress. Um, and then over the next few days, it um, it gradually creeped to my original schedule. Um, and then as the weather got more and more wintry, as the, the round got deeper, then eventually I ended up losing like a whole day. So my plans were about a whole day out. So, you know, that sort of, effort goes down to the people on the grounds organizing and those people are making sure that people are ready and yeah again the flexibility of of all the supporters um the conditions were horrific though for that type of um event or challenge should i say like you know i've seen a lot of the photographs the blog's fantastic i'll share it in the show notes like but um you know there's a lot of headwind there was a lot of headwind like 40 mile Mm -hmm. hour winds like snow up to your knees in some places like big drifts you know this yeah i mean (laughs) proper wind around (laughs) yeah i mean uh that kept me to martindale like so that um that one where tom unfortunately dropped out um yeah so that was was like that that was five days into it tom decided to make the right yeah. decision for him at that time um yeah. to pull out like and <laughs> it was just mental for for a better yeah, it word was. so so that that leg uh was due to take about nine hours and it took us over 14 hours so it was uh, so much longer than we anticipated but um what was going never... through your head what was going through your head at that stage like were you thinking like you know, if this doesn't ease uh, up a bit, we're in the shit here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I never had like a, for me, it was always like winter does whatever it wants. Okay. You can make a rough plan, but it's never accurate. And I, I always knew that my schedule was never going to be like dead set. It was, it was just a bit of a guidance basically. And I wasn't fussed about doing like a, an even quicker time. And for me, it was the whole experience was a, a journey about, uh, making friends en route so f- there's a lot of people that I got involved in the Waynemites that I'd never met before uh, like probably 40% I'd say <laughs> at least mm. um, so I, I just I'd asked people if they would be willing to support me and not one person said no um, which I was absolutely amazed at and then uh, and obviously as as the journey went on I, I met all these people and they were amazing people and you know it's it it more about that I've interviewed quite a few people doing big challenges and things and it's, it always starts off as something and it just like mm. snowballs into something even bigger and greater than you could ever have expected when you started at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just gets a life of yeah. its own. like. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously with the wild weather, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> just, uh, it was great. <laughs> Especially there was some real hard sort of sections and, you know, there was drifts that we had to sort of go over that were nine feet tall and, you know literally wading through this stuff and it's, it's something it's something ingrained in us it's something to do with the human spirit you know when somebody's really suffer, there's a real suffer fest going on it sort of brings all yeah. the good people out to support that um mm-hmm. especially when the likes of paul for example or steve and all those guys like um who have been in similar situations themselves you yeah. know they they're walking in your shoes as well you know they, they can feel it you know yeah yeah um yeah. and they're trying that's why they're they're thrown as much support as possible to try and ease the pain yeah <laughs> totally yeah yeah because i always knew that obviously the more people i had around me the easier it would be so i try and have at least three to four people on each leg um and not only just around me but it makes carrying all the kit like a lot easier the more people you have uh otherwise if you have two people you you 
sort of you're sandbagging those two people with all your gear all their gear all my food all the water and you know it, I, I knew that would be the more people around yeah, me, the better yeah. so um what about body maintenance then that has to be a key thing if you're putting your body through that day in day out like your feet and your legs like you're bound to be like seeing you getting out of van one stage there and i was like oh oh is he gonna yeah no yeah, he's okay yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but it is though yeah. isn't it you know your body especially when you stop for a rest your body tightens up like and like, yeah definitely yeah. so so um you get- yeah i mean like, like i say i'm thankful that i've only had one injury on this whole thing um and in a couple of weeks that would have gone but um you're starting with I your never feet had you, was your feet fine like no blisters so feet, or yeah I've, i had a few blisters and stuff and i just uh, <laughs> bit bit brutal but i just literally get a knife pop it squeeze the sort of fluid yeah, out yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> i wouldn't tape i wouldn't tape it or anything i would just sort of like you know put my socks back on and, and carry on yeah. um and then yeah i mean my feet were actually like all right not too bad um it's quite a heavy always... shoe you're wearing not heavy but hard i know you're yeah, using that for uh, the traction like but the talons are it was talons wasn't it yeah so um the sole, on them can, be, so the, sole the can be quite hard ones. on them yeah they're, they're only minimal i think they're like three yeah. mil drop um but it's just they're, they're just what i wear all the time I'm the grip's fantastic though that's why they're such a great shoe especially in the conditions yeah. that you had like must be the perfect choice and uh that's why i didn't really have to wear many micro spikes or anything like that because it's it's almost like a microspike on snow. Yeah. Um, you don't Big actually lugs. need need one. Yeah. Um, was there any real major kit failures? See, the, the thing is, you know your kit so well based on your job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, nah, there was never really, uh, never really an issue with any of the kit. The only slight issue was I think some moisture got into one of my head torches, um, and it kept flickering, um, but that was solved very quick. Just had to dry it off. <laughs> was there any? Yeah. What about when you met Tom? That, that was a key thing. So I've seen a, a great photograph of you and Tom mm. meeting each other on course. How'd that conversation yeah. go? Yeah, so like I say, I had a conversation before the round actually started and we didn't know each other. We just had a bit of a chat. And then, uh, and then yeah, obviously on the out and backs, um, we saw each other in a couple of those. Uh, I just I just wanted to see how I was doing and like say Let's like awesome effort and stuff like that. Because to be fair, we were moving at pretty decent pace for the first half before the snow hit so um yeah i mean it was certainly uh must have added to the trying, buzz. trying to stay on his on his tail and uh yeah it was moving pretty well because <laughs> yeah, tom tom's quite fast like isn't he he's he does a lot yeah, of ultra yeah. running and stuff like that there as well like yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah phenomenal runner yeah real good um so it must have felt good yeah. to give you a bit more energy another distraction should i say because that's what you need isn't it on this like you just don't want to go out there in the dark on your own it's nice to have all these different different personalities you're meeting and certain things happening yeah. and maybe it's dark and it's just turning to light and the sunrise is coming up you know all these little distractions yeah you yeah, must, yeah, have, you must have had some nice moments like that as well oh, the there sun was, in the morning there's quite a lot like that really hard leg i was talking about a minute ago with, uh from kent to martindale the really big one um obviously we start i think we started that leg about half past two in the morning um <laughs> and even just getting up to kentmere pike which is a generally sort of like not too high of a hill usually like a nice easy walk was like proper like felt like we were in the middle of the arctic or something it was really really hard work and you know the snow depth was really really deep and and then we sort of did the sort of few hills after that and the sun started to come up and 
there was like a break in the clouds and you know we had this um, absolutely amazing sunrise and uh and again steve <laughs> uh steve had this uh little sort of uh jam of whiskey and stuff so we all sort of like got in a circle had this nice whiskey for sunrise and yeah, I mean, you you just forget about it then. You just want to crack on in the the daylight. And sounds like you're having a good time, actually. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Give me some it of the deep. Go so was there any stage there where you th- where where it was in question that it may not happen? So I never, I never thought I could never make it to the end. Um, the only thing that was ever going to stop me was an injury whereby I couldn't keep moving. Uh, and obviously, I had this thing on my shin, and that was down to um, waterproof socks, actually. Um, just I wore lots of waterproof socks in the past but you know your body acts very differently all the time but it must have constricted a little bit of the blood flow on my front of my shin mm. and yeah I, I don't know it's still a bit swollen now but it's getting better posterior every tip. time I was going down yeah something like that every time I was going downhill it was yeah it was pretty painful Um, but yeah I mean I never thought I couldn't make it but <laughs> Uh, there was a section where I did that leg um, and then continued to Patterdale whereby I had like an hour's kit and then uh, I did the two like Helvellyn and then the Dodds leg after that and it was at the end of that was probably like I don't know why I just emotionally I broke down uh, <laughs> I, I think it was because I saw like listen Matt I do it in every race it. don't worry <laughs> yes Matt I think it's because I saw my, my good mates Matt and James who were the van support drivers and you know, I'd, I'd been through almost two nights and no sleep or barely any sleep. And yeah, I just, I just broke down and I don't even know why. <laughs> just, but it's, it's and even, then, it's and even, then I knew this storm was coming as well. And yeah, yeah it was, but it's just knowing what they're, they're sacrificing to help you get through this, yeah. you know, and, and you're sleep deprived and that emotion sort of overflows. Like when you see people yeah. putting themselves out just to help you and trying to, it's that whole, I paused there because I was going to say the human spirit thing, but I've already used that, so yeah. I better not say it again. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it is, though. It is that. Like, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. people helping each other, and it, it's it's quite um, touching when people come out to help you through those yeah. sort of things. How did you manage sleep deprivation? So that has, like, it was, it was, a, it was a, um, a method of torture during the Second World War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, again, like, working the outdoors, um, I used to do a lot of it, but I don't do too much now. I used to do a lot of free peaks. So I'd used to help people go up Scarfell Pike. And then it was always at like four o'clock in the morning. So I'd, I'd always like, you know, work during the day, have a little bit of kip and then help people up Scarfell Pike and then go and work the next day. So I'd done that quite a lot over the years. Um, but the way I the way I sort of tackled it on this was um, sort of the first quarter, I would have like an hour of sleep a night. Um, and I seemed to seem to move right off that um, and there was a section a day where I had like half an hour um, and then with, with that, the that's all that it came... takes sometimes though isn't it you know you said yeah, half yeah. an hour it t- totally resets the brain though doesn't it it does yeah yeah it's amazing what you can little yeah. you can get away with basically yeah and then obviously with when the weather came and you know you, you were forced to almost stop um, it probably helped loads to yeah. be honest because it meant that I could actually have like you know, four hours kip instead of one hour or, you know, however many. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the way I look at that storm that came through Storm Barrow um, was basically like a blessing in disguise because I also managed to get a bit of physio organised that day and, and the physio that I had on my shin helps loads. Um, meant that I could finish much stronger than I would have. 
Um, it could go either way, though, couldn't it? You know, your body yeah. can just because you're you're in in your head, you're hanging on in a roundabout way. You not hanging on, but you're holding it all together till you get to that finish yeah. line. Um, yeah. When you get out of that rhythm, I suppose the storm can knock you out the rhythm. The whole thing could go pear shape as well. Like oh, your yeah. body could yeah, just could. break down and just purge out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was quite a few legs. Uh, not a few legs. There was a couple of legs where. I, I'd done like a full day and then into a night and then I was going into the second night and um, you know I was starting to fall asleep whilst on the hill and stuff and this is where the support team come well because uh, you know you just don't want to sleep and conditions like that it's just not possible yeah. so that's where like you just have to keep eating loads of food and then and then make sure that you have a little bit of rest scheduled after that leg and do you take um, much caffeine through that or yeah at, at times um, so sort of the last night before the finishing day so like 23 um uh, it sort of you know it all started to catch up and i was falling asleep more so than than i was and <laughs> yeah i just had to keep getting energy gels in and just keep eating loads of food it was the only leg where i ate every single food every single bit of food that i had in the in the bag uh where by before that there would be quite a lot of food that was coming back and stuff but just not shows right. you your body your body <laughs> makes that decision like it's not you isn't it it was hungry it needed stuff yeah. like to keep you going oh, yeah. um For i sure, seen yeah. a great photograph um interested to see what that moment felt like like on the the very last fell and mm. you had a bottle of beer in your hand yeah yeah um, uh, that last leg was was the best um yeah it was the best leg of them all there was so many people that i shared the journey with uh, on that last leg so i had quite a lot um and there's dogs and stuff and um yeah i mean the sun started to come out and and obviously all the hills were white from from all the weather through the week and you know you could see where you was been and you know i was looking around and like oh yeah i was over there and five days ago or whatever and yeah just you know the sun sitting on don't water and across cat bells and yeah it was just it was just the most amazing feeling um sort of running down the hill as well in the snow and sliding down and you know, it was, <laughs> that was that was, was the moment like you knew it was that was it like you know it, this is done even though you have those you were pretty positive in your mind the whole way around like um yeah but that was because anything can happen you know one slip mm. one fall one yeah, pull yeah. your body's tired i'm sure there was a yeah. few times you were running down this <laughs> the, the odd ankle slipped like yeah, you're, yeah oh shit that was close like because um, be the, t- <laughs> the, t- the tireder you're getting like the harder it is to stay focused on where your feet are going but that was the, that must have been the point like you know you're on the very yeah, last yeah. fell number 214 yeah um great pra- panoramic view as you said there you know you could see where you were like four or five days ago and that's when yeah, it hits yeah. you like like mm. wow holy yeah, shit what, yeah. like what you've just been through <laughs> and it's, it's just the whole experience in front of you isn't it everything you can see like and then yeah, it's just definitely. a big run down then t- back through to Keswick um, yeah. to Moot yeah, Hall. That. So how was that? Yeah, um, so e- even on that last leg, like uh, you could tell how, fu- how fussed I wasn't about time. Uh, we would sort of get to some of the hills and maybe just wait there for a few minutes, just sort of like, you know, Take have it. a nice time, look around and, you know, really enjoy it. Um, and I was moving pretty well. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like, limping or anything like that I was I was actually still managing to run so it wasn't like it didn't feel like I needed to get to the end like as soon as possible um it was just enjoying ourselves so much that we we took our time and and even on the summit cat belts we were probably there for like 
you know nearly 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. um you know just enjoying a bit of beer and you know sharing a few stories or whatever and then then yeah just just sort of um just that whole camaraderie wasn't it like of everybody that was there and just enjoying that moment um yeah, yeah. And paul came out as well and paul and sarah and you know a few of paul's irish mates and stuff so it was just a real cool way to finish the the whole journey and you've and been running into running into keswick uh I, I've never done a single race, so I've never experienced what it's right. like to, you know, finish a race with, you know, people, you know, um, applauding you and stuff like that. So uh, You could be in trouble now. So yeah, you, your, yeah. your timing was perfect, though, wasn't it? It was like midday. Yeah, so I always wanted to try and get to Keswick for like early afternoon. Um, and yeah, it was market day as well, so it was quite busy. <laughs> perfect isn't but, uh, it? perfect like yeah we had as i was saying there we had ross on last week ross was saying to me oh my good mate james he should be finishing now and like <laughs> he's in the middle of the podcast yeah, nice. everybody was sitting following and watching it like really? um, but yeah. when he done the four rounds he finished in the middle of the night i think you know so there oh, was, did he? Right, there was okay. nobody there um yeah. it's a bit of an anti-climax compared to what you can have if you get it on market day like and you're running down the middle and everybody turns around and you're either doing the Bob Graham or you do not many people think yeah. actually yeah, anticipate yeah. that you've actually just run the whole 214 fails like um yeah. I yeah. love it when it people awesome. go ahead oh so it's awesome having like uh you know having so many people follow it and stuff as well like there's people from all over the world like even just reading those messages that are on the open tracking site um there's people from like New Zealand and stuff like that it was like it was amazing how many messages there were uh, and how many people were actually following it and it's just yeah, it's just another there. the Wainwrights is becoming more obviously in the ultra running world um people are looking for bigger and better and more challenging things and the same races every year and people are sort of moving away for that um and we had paul come along all of a sudden the Wainwrights it was the first time i'd seen it um yeah. even though i had steve's book map no map in hell yeah, yeah um and, and it, it still hadn't like clicked in and then paul just watching paul and following paul was amazing like um, yeah. and then you had sabrina coming through and now you've got the winter round. it's another like tick 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 and all of a sudden yeah. every, everybody's starting to notice the wayne rights just from what you three or four people have done yeah yeah i mean um well i mean it's like a ultimate test space isn't it of uh of endurance i guess um you know it's it's quite it's a good length that it's not like absolutely massive um I thought it may yeah. seem it, but yeah, I mean, it's not like 111,000 feet of climbing. Yeah. yeah, no, I know what you mean. But, like, yeah, no, it's, it's with the right skills and, you know, like fitness or whatever, it, it's it's achievable in, in a week. So, you know, it's um, it's not like months on end, for example. It's, but you um, need it, you do need it all, though. You need the fitness, you need the experience, you need the kids, you need the support, yeah. you know, yeah. you need your food, your food dialed in. You know, all yeah, those it's, things. It's a it's long not, way. <laughs> there's not one of those pieces can be really out. No. You know, for no. you to complete something um, as big as as mm -hmm. big as the Wainwrights, obviously. Um, yeah. And it amazes me to see you running through the market <laughs> and then up the bloody stairs. Like, like the yeah, door yeah. had to be up the stairs. Like, you know. I know, right? A <laughs> um, pause there, like, but I'm s like, how does that? Like, as as you were saying there, you've never experienced that finish to a race which is fantastic when you're coming down the finish shoot and there's a couple of hundred people there yeah. sort of applauding you over the line um does that open your your mind to the world of ultra running 
you know, and the potential, like you've got the likes of Chamonix and the UTMBs or um, all those type of, it's just so, the, the ultra running world is such a big thing now. Um, and yeah. you've obviously, this is sort of, you already knew it, but um, allowed you to discover your ability in that type of <laughs> world. You know, the, the, you could have a lot of, well, you have a lot of potential in that world. It, mm. Has it made you think about that? Um, so I've never, I've never really been interested in races, um, ever to be honest. I don't know why it just, it's something that, you know, for me, it's about having like a really good day in the hills. And usually that equates to, you know, like 24 hours or something, um, and sharing that with friends. But I don't know, I'm probably still set in my ways in terms of like, you know, I want to do my own thing when the weather's right and uh, and stuff like that. It, maybe one day in the like like later down the line, I might do a few races. But you're very young. You're still young, twenty nine years yeah. of age. Like, yeah. um, ultra running is like people think. Oh, I don't know how you run up and down. I was like, I started ultra running because I walk half of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. But it's more about the yeah. adventure of going to different places and doing A to B courses or loop courses and the experience of the people you're going to meet. You know, yeah. it's, it's not like yeah, the, yeah. the fell sort of running sort of scene where yeah, it's yeah. like eyeballs out and blown the gasket. Like, but um, yeah. the good thing about endurance, which you have a lot of, obviously, <laughs> um, at the age of 29, that's why I sort of giggled a bit, a bit at the beginning. Like, because um, endurance yeah. is something that stays with you for a long, long time. You know, 40s, 50s, you've got mm. huge potential. Have you anything on your radar? I shouldn't even ask that question. Like you no, know, so yeah. a couple of That's days fine. afterwards. <laughs> but <laughs> is there anything fine. out there that you would like to do? Yeah. So this has always been. Uh, it's probably common knowledge now, but uh, it's always been like a stepping stone for me. Um, doing the Wayne Wrights and and everything else that's leading up to it. So the Cape Wrath, the Penang Way, and and all the other rounds that I've I've done before. But I always wanted to have a go at a winter Monroe round. Um, and obviously now finishing this and, and still feeling like good. Um, yeah, I mean, in a few years time, hopefully I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have a crack at that. <laughs> yeah. So the Monroe's are mountains over 3000 feet, I think. Yeah. That's How it, many yeah. is there? Yeah. 282. Yeah. I'm right. <laughs> 282 yeah. over 3000 feet. But the thing with the, uh, the thing with Scotland is that they're so far apart. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's something that would take me about three months to to do um so it's not like a week it's it's natural like a lot of invested time yeah so i'm assuming nobody's done that yet yeah yeah um so martin moran holds the record um in the winter he yeah unfortunately he's he's passed away now but um yeah he said it in i need to get the facts right but i think it was like in the 80s um that's mad and yeah he did uh either 83 or 85 days so that is mental isn't it and like, he, he had some absolutely amazing like winter conditions as well where whereby he could ski and you know uh you know loads of different winter sort of ways of getting over <laughs> over the ground yeah well it's going to take a, a lot of um mental preparation <laughs> let alone the physical yeah for that yeah, yeah. and planning and yeah. things like that um, and hopefully I don't come out the other side single <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully you come out the other side <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's, oh, that's yeah, the first that thing well. to get over with James <laughs> listen I appreciate your time today um, thanks for that it was an absolutely no mind blowing sort of 
like a winter w- wine right so I remember when Paul had done the summer one I couldn't get my head around it um, yeah. but the conditions that you had like really made that a proper winter round yeah, yeah. You know I'm so mean? glad for that as well <laughs> so I'd done the, I, I'd done the Ironman in um, 2015 and oh, nice. it was a non-wetsuit swim and oh, I always really? say to people like it's it's not an Ironman this it wasn't by choice I really wanted right, the wetsuit okay. I was near in tears yeah, the night yeah. before um, but um, <laughs> if you're doing a winter round, like you want it to be winter. Yeah, for you know, sure. You know, yeah, somebody goes out and it was mild. lovely, yeah. lovely and mild and sunny. Ah, it wasn't really a winter round. I know it's the 12th exactly. of December, like, but come on. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, James, yeah. thanks a lot. I'll edit this and try and get it out um, on Friday anyway. Yeah, cheers, Robbie. Yeah, it was pre- nice speaking to you. Appreciate, appreciate the support. Good yeah, man. Good. Thank you. Well All done right. again. Cheers, Thank mate. You. Yeah. Cheers, Robbie. See ya. Again, apologize to James, but fitting that I released this episode while he was out on the course again. I doubt he thought that would have been the case when we recorded this back in December, but he is currently smashing it. So we wish him all the luck. We have a short episode with Harvey Lewis up next, and I'll be chatting with Lucy Bartholomew next week, which I'm looking forward to. So until then, stay safe and keep on moving.